두둥 넷플릭스 두둥 Now this is podcasting. I should do a um. Let's do a spin. That's, That's a, a good, good trick. trick. That's a good trick. Do a uh-huh. barrel. Uh, rest in peace to the queen. No, you, she was a nice, sweet old lady, a symbol of democracy. Uh, Did you see that shit from fucking Raytheon? Oh fuck you. She's like specifically, even if you're like a dumb media figure or whatever she's specifically a symbol of um monarchy not democracy <laughs> she's a fucking queen guys yeah well oh. you know she was uh, polite or something i don't know yeah, like, she I mean, had really good like media presence so she swindled a lot of people you know in the long run of uh of people standing on the the backs of uh, just the, the best the murderers, rapists, and thieves in the world. You know, she was the least offensive. You know what I, I mean? Go I mean, so far. Know. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I mean she like. Oh no, I'm just saying no. no Legitimately, <laughs> she done some fucking terrible shit and been respo- well, been responsible for some terrible shit and stood over terrible shit all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody that came before did some more shit. You know what I mean? It's just the fucking entire family is garbage. Yeah, but they like you know, fucking. They made good news stories about her. And she wore a funny hat them. once, you know. Yeah, ah. you know what I mean. Oh, lady, she got she, she liked corgis or something. Those corgis pissed girl. everywhere, from what I heard. She was a girl boss, gatekeep. Okay, all that stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, real girl, girl bosses girl let boss. your uh, entire family do pedophile shit all over the world. Mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj, girl boss. <laughs> you know what? Good, yeah. good reference. I like it. What is that? Tiffany Haddish is a girl boss too, right? Yeah, she's, she's a little, little girl boss in right now. Just like the Queen. It's, um, yeah. Uh, Spice Girls. They were uh, all about girl power and uh, pedophiles. Were they? I didn't hear that shit. I don't think so. <laughs> I, think <they're> perfectly fine. <laughs> I, I, I would believe it. At this point, who knows? Well, there is that um, classic scene. When you say things, Eric Kyle, Rick I just show. believe it. From the Eric Andre show that became a meme where um, oh, the coma kid? his face is on there. And he's like, do you think Margaret Thatcher had girl power? And she's like, of course. And then he's uh, do you think she utilized girl power when she funded death squads in Northern Ireland? Yes. <laughs> That's girl power for girl you. Girl power. Ha ha ha. Backwatch. Smoking on that queen pack. Rest in piss, bozo. Now it's... uh. Prince Charles, Charles the Third. King right? Charles the Third. You've seen people posting pictures of that guy's hands. What's wrong with them? Has he got kidney failure? His hands look terrible. I'm just more shocked by his huge, broad Celtic ears. They're like a, a, a caricature of a Celtic ear. Prince Charles, he's the Anglo-Saxon. I doubt he's a Celt. Don't they have like some Scottish in their background? I'm pretty sure they do. Well, no, it's just a long line of inbreeding Anglo-Saxons. Whatever. Since uh, Northumbria. Uh, oh my god, fuck the queen, who cares? This is America, baby, we don't give a fuck about the queen. Fucking royalty, yeah, right? We got rid of them because we didn't want fucking monarchy. Too many people like fucking, uh, royalty in America. He said, this is a country for wealthy landowners, not royalty. <laughs> god damn it. Uh, speaking of girl boss gatekeep, this is content sewer. Oh yeah, we got to yourself. Yep, I'm uh, Tiger Kyle. Tiger Kyle. Tiger's Kyle. Wow, did you think about that today? And you're you waiting to use that for a while. Tigers, tigers. Yeah, when I was a child, my nickname was uh, Devil Bear. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Because you're yeah. like a bear, but you're also an asshole. You're like a cuddly bear, but, but just a huge dick. 
You could have just called me Bear Bear. That's what bears are like. They look cute and look like they'd be all fucking kill you. Yeah, well, you were so much yes, like a you were. you were like a beady guy. You're more like a like a word guy. Like, hey, you're mean. You're an asshole. Like, you know. Yeah, I love uh, you, Shannon. My... I hate you, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> my love was very conditional, <laughs> based on how much attention you were given at any moment. I was hard to please, like um, uh, the queen. <laughs> Uh, Famously hard to please. I wasn't ever pleased with Princess Die, I think. To the very end. You know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't care for Princess Die. You think they killed her? No, probably not. I just think that's such a messy way to kill someone. Like, Mm -hmm. you, you, what do you get a chauffeur a little drunk and then you pay 15 paparazzis to chase him? It doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I think it was just the paparazzis kind of killed her. Yeah, I think it was just, you know, incidental. I, I mean, I they're not they were fucking ecstatic, you know. what I mean, I don't think the queen was shedding any tears. Yeah, why uh, did they dislike her so much? You know, breaking traditions. Why? Because she was um. Well, I mean, she was from like the landed gentry too, right? She wasn't a commoner or anything. Yeah, but you know, just not quite as good a level of aristocracy. It's going against the grain a little too much. Like when she went to visit uh, people suffering from HIV, they didn't like that one bit. <laughs> yeah, also, you know, just little shit like, oh, you did it at a school event with your kids. I saw someone was trying to, um, some media outlet was trying to say that the queen was a quiet supporter of gay rights. And it's like, no, she was right. loudly <laughs> against gay rights. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Fuck them. Content sewer. We don't talk about the royalty or you know, fucking current events. We talk about Netflix original films. All Hell yeah, we're 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 on number one twenty seven now. Current events twenty twenty one. Ride or die. Ride. What's going on in movies though? Uh, this is a podcast about movies. Let's talk about movies. You watched any movies? Uh, no. I haven't watched any movies this week. I watch. Uh, I watched the Lord of the Rings show. That's about it. Oh, you know, wait, I'm going to make a I'm going to make a comparison here that it's going to be weird, but it, it calls back something I think you talked about last week. Uh, mm. And it's it's Lord of the Rings and then She-Hulk, which is a weird comparison, but it'll make sense when I'm done. Um, OK, and I was watching She-Hulk with the kids, but th- that's my excuse anyways. Uh, oh, mm. Lord of the Rings, though, is not really much better of a show. Um, no, you, I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, visually, it's kind of cool, but there's some elements I'm like, well, that's stupid. Anyways, not important. Not really what I'm relating to. It's just you're going back to what you um, talked about for TV writing and how they stretch things out and how we used to get to the point a lot quicker. So, yeah. Kids um, don't know where they're going. They don't have any ideas. It's just keep watching, do whatever it takes to make sure people keep watching. The thing with Rings of Power is they should have a broad idea of where they're going and they should just be trying to connect elements. But I, I think they're trying to stretch it out. I mean, I doubt they know what they're doing. It's like, I'm sure there's like 25 people writing the show. And I don't it's all the writing squad. It's all fucking, Frankly, I don't care. I'm going to criticize them. Their, their talking fan fiction isn't them. any better than mine. <laughs> but yeah. here's, the, here's the, I guess here's my, my the point. Like, um, so they introduce a couple, you know, puzzle box type characters in mm-hmm. uh, Rings of Power. One of them is like a Gandalf analog. If it ends up being Gandalf, I fucking hate this show because it doesn't make any sense for him to show up in the second age, but that's just me being a nerd. Uh, it's probably like a blue wizard would be the most sense because I think those two guys showed up in the second age. Anyways. Yeah, the two blue wizards, uh, Blueberry and yeah. uh, Blueberry Scum. <laughs> that's the other one. Blackberry, yeah. Blueberry and Blackberry Scum. Anyways, but they, 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 episode three, we still don't know who this fucking guy is and he showed up at the end of episode one. I find that irritating because I think this Blushing. is... Yeah, yeah. It's only like eight episodes, too. I just feel like I don't remember Tolkien introducing any type of broad puzzle like this. Like, you can maybe argue the Necromancer in The Hobbit, but he didn't really know what that was going to be when he wrote it. Um, yeah, just like the writers of Rings of Power, they know what they're doing. <laughs> um, I mean, again, like in The Two Towers, like there's a mystery. Oh, is that Sauron coming to attack us? But it's very quickly resolved that, oh, no, it's Gandalf brought back from the dead, right? That's the closest mystery I can I can think of. Yeah. In um in the writing. So but instead we've gone three hours, we don't know who this fucker is. Uh meanwhile we have She Hulk who uh in the very first episode, like the first fifteen minutes, uh it's revealed that she already has Hulk powers, right? And they go back and they do like a quick 
it's like the Simon Furman writing, you know, that's what I always equated to. You know, Transformers, you start at a like a kind of a cliffhanger and you work your way backwards. Yeah, so, or uh, how the how Rider Die kind of starts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to to loop it into what we're doing today. Good job, pal. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so they already have powers. They, this is podcasting, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and in 20 minutes, they, they go through her entire origin with Hulk. By the end of the show, you know that uh, she's She-Hulk. Uh, mm. She is a superhero lawyer, and you know, uh, like some of the cases that she's already gonna have. You, you like, you get some introductions. I think it's already like abomination and shit. But and it's like a it's a concise thirty minutes. I was thinking now that you brought that up, the Shield thing, because I saw they revealed like the cast of Thunderbolts or some shit. Yeah, you know how there's like a million Marvel movies and it's this expansive universe and there's blah blah blah, but like they've never introduced them. Um, very many characters or very many interesting characters and they've every never really yeah at gonna... the end of every movie that's so what i say so when i saw the thunderbolts cast i was like oh this fucking who cares i don't know who any of these people are or why they would matter um so it basically is just suicide squad right and then you just mentioned oh she hulk's a superhero lawyer and so well there's only about 15 superheroes in the marvel universe so what are they doing with that shit no i mean they they're, they're painting it really loose um mm. but it's like i don't kind of reminds me of the old sensational she hulk or maybe that dan slot she hulk comic um she breaks the fourth wall a little bit i don't know it's um yeah. they're, they're introducing a lot of different heroes and like they brought back the abomination you know tim roth's in it which is fun Paycheck. Thanks, Rick. Tim Roth. Yeah, Tim Roth needs needs some money. Uh, he's a good actor, you know. He deserves a little quiche. I guess I quote from him about it, where he was just like, "I like my career to be a little chaotic," <clears throat> something like that. I, I mean, I just think it. I mean, for, <clears throat> they managed to do um, the introduction really quick and not drag it out and make it um, boring. I, I just don't particularly care. No, I'm not saying but, you should watch it. I'm just juxtaposing. Yeah. Um, the long ass long, right? puzzle box that Lord of the Rings is doing, and, it, and granted, that's that's they have another character called Halbrad, Halbrand or something like that. It doesn't matter. Halbrand. yeah, something Halbrand, stupid like the weapon. Yeah. And he's he's either uh, the King of the Dead or you know the Witch King of Angmar or maybe he's Sauron, which would be really stupid. Uh, everything about us sounds tedious. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It's just like, come mm. on, guys. And the funny thing is, too, they've already compressed the timeline. It's, it's just, I don't know. A lot of it doesn't really jive with what I remember. I, yeah, whatever. Again, it's, if you enjoy the, the Tolkien fan that, fiction, here it is. It's just another thing that doesn't need to exist, you know? Yeah. And it's, oh, we spent fucking billions of dollars on this billions. shit. Why? Fucking why? Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I hope the actors got paid well and the cast and crew. I doubt it. Like, who knows though? Based on the trailers and shit, it wasn't going to the fucking costume department or the set design or anything. So I guess, and it's definitely not going to visual effects. We know that. <laughs> no one pays visual effects stars now. Mm-hmm. They're not unionized, so fuck them. Yeah, I watched the Irish horror film or uh, film, as they would say in Ireland. <laughs> Film is pretty Fillum. good. It's freaking about um, you know, like the she, you know, fairy folk smashing people up. The She Hulk smashing people yeah. up. Yeah, I'm familiar with She-Hulk. her. Oh, She Hulk likes to smash. You know what I mean? Oh, baby. Oh, 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 oh baby. She can smash me between her butt cheeks. I wouldn't mind. Boom. She's a strong sexual figure. Smash me between her thighs like a watermelon. I also watched a bad Korean horror film called the. Uh, you know, sometimes horror movies have like such a great premise, and then I find lots of things have a great premise, and then I get into it, I'm like, oh, this is what I was expecting. It's called Do Not Play. It's about this uh, former film school student who's hosting like a film festival, and she's trying to track down a horror film that was supposedly made by a ghost. Right? That sounds dope as fuck. It's not though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here we don't bury the lead. No, fuck that. <laughs> Get it out of the way. Fucking uh, ride or die. Give it six and a half stars. Let's We're, talk about it. Ride I'll give or it die. Uh, ride or die. Um, I don't give it six and a half stars. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood for this type of movie, but I was just like, ugh. It's the point. The also, like, really male um, gazy for starring. Uh, it's supposed to be like a lesbian lunch love story. 
And I don't give a fuck about that shit. That's like, who cares? People can make whatever horny dumb shit they want. Male gaze, female gaze, as if women have never been desirable to other women. No, no, no. She fucks two dudes. There's only like one female sex scene in this. It's a bunch of dudes fucking her. Well, my point is, if it's, as long as it's not through exploitation or coercion or abuse or whatever, and everyone consented to make whatever film it is, I'm not worried about like that. I just don't understand what the tone, you know, where the fuck they were going with. Like, what? Who's this for? Like, I, the entire time uh, I'm watching, I'm like, what am I? Why? Who cares? This movie is for me. This is absolutely my type of shit. But I thought I it was gonna be like a cute. It, yeah, so. it was just uh, too long. So yeah, the big thing. It's too long. Um, you can tell it came from a manga because there's very clear like um, chapter breaks or like story arc breaks in the story, right? Yeah, it's like we have the family arc and the yeah, which, and it always makes like the motivations and the attitudes of the main our two main characters like kind of shift in weird way, awkward ways, right? Yeah, it follows that uh, weird pattern um, you read about in like Save the Cat, where it's like you, you uh, one scene has to, the next emotional beat and one scene has to be different than the emotional beat in the previous scene or some shit. I think it for me, um, it, it just, uh, it's a product of it being from a manga where they're relying on like the, the sort of like the story beats and like tropes of manga where yeah, everything is very specifically story arcs. Um, you can tell like the what were like supposed to be like emotional cliffhangers from the manga they got left over. Uh, my biggest problem with it though is um the music. I oh, feel like God. if you're gonna make a movie where you want to utilize popular music, you should have some like monochrome of musical taste. Because <laughs> the music in it is like straight up soft pop garbage music starbucks starbucks type shit right i was gonna ask you uh if we got the wrong soundtrack if like the soundtrack change because sometimes that happens with these movies from japan um where the I soundtrack should... will change well, i saw um, that there the theme song for it was a japanese song and i don't remember hearing like a japanese pop song in it you know it, the soundtrack just seems so incongruous with the actual movie it's the yeah. entire time. Like, I kept switching between the English dub and the Japanese dub just to see if they were different for some reason. You know what I mean? How do only Hosona perform the theme song, but that. I don't remember any Japanese soundtrack. Oh, that's an old ass dude, though. They might, he might have just done like the sort of the soundtrack rather than the music that appears in the film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think the, 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 the our uh, director here, uh, Ryuichi Hiroki, just fucking has terrible taste in music. It ruined the movie for me. Everything else about the movie is, like, totally my shit, right? Um, it's got cool murder in it. Uh, it's, like, corny. Um, just, like, the extreme, like, sexual tension between the two characters and, like, the yearning, you know? Fucking... That shit rules. I love that shit. Um, it's gay. I like gay stuff. Uh, but fucking the music, man. I like how it's shot. I love all the really handheld shit. The extreme close-ups. Like it's really intimately shot when the two, all the characters are interacting. Uh, the the fucking I like cityscapes much more than um, shots of nature. So all the shit where they're you know aerial shots in Tokyo and like outside traveling and shit is cool. It's fucking. I don't know. I should love this movie, but it's just got some problems. The worst thing is um, when uh, they they go to uh, Ray's family's like summer house or whatever. It's like the only time in the movie where the focus moves off of uh, Ray or Nane, and it's just her Ray's uh, sister-in-law and brother like talking. And I like. I guess I understand why that is important. Oh, you mean when they're like, like, "Oh, I'd kill for you," thing kind of thing. Yeah, it's like to like to spell justify. it out to the audience or whatever. But I hate that. That's the only time the perspective shifts in the movie. It fucking pissed me off. Like it should like just you know stay with their characters because that's the only point in the movie where we're not with Ray. The the perspective is never from anyone else but Ray. So. Yeah, oh, there's like maybe is there even one other point in the movie where it's just Nene? Uh, it's always yeah. I thought there was at the beginning, but maybe I'm misremembering it. Yeah, that um, that one did throw me off a little bit because it's like they drive off and like oh, we're gonna hang out with these two idiots for a second. Yeah, I don't know. It's so just that, a lot of things were kind of fluffy. I 
for how brutal the murder was at the beginning, like to never um, have them do another murder <laughs> in, a, in a similar fashion was strange to me. I thought I was going to kill a taxi man that was a piece of shit. Yeah, I thought the dad was going to die and the taxi man was going to die. I thought for sure they were going to suffocate the death. I think it's didn't she, it's implied she like, pulled the plug on her dad, right? Yeah, but it's not the same. Yeah, suffocate <laughs> him with a pillow. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, uh, I guess it's, uh, the male gaze thing you're talking about, like I said, that shit doesn't really matter to me too much, but uh, Ryuichi Hiroki, the guy that directed it, looking at his filmography now, and he's definitely one of those Japanese directors that started off in, like, the uh, softcore, like, uh, fucking knew it. <laughs> Roman films, like, Pinku Pinku films. I, you like, know, I uh, guess my problem with it is, like, if we're supposed gotta, to... I feel like teacher, I'm supposed to sympathize with this, this with Ray. I just don't understand why she's willingly fucking the husband. Like, you can kill this guy without doing the sex. Um, Ray seems to be what you might call the troubled individual. Yeah, but whatever. It just well, I don't understand. I the movie is uh, it's just a bunch of really sad people just sort of self-destructing. Doesn't that rule? No. Fucking, Sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got... So it's trying real hard to be like, um... A contemplative, stark, like Japanese drama, which are movies that I like, but uh, this to uh, uh, Ryuchi Hiroki, I don't think he has what it takes, you know <laughs> what I mean? Because I think it should they should have gone more pulpy, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I think it should have been a pulpier movie than it was. I mean, because like, the, the tone exploitation was just flipping, you know, at the end, once they killed him, and, and then. Nene drove up and picked her up, and she's like, "We're gonna live to have a happy life." And they're like, run away screaming. I was expecting Thelma and Louise. Yeah, I was expecting a little bit more Thelma and Louise, or even like Natural Born Killers. I think we've made that reference a couple times in this show, but too before too. Yeah, I mean, when I first started watching this movie, maybe we just like pulpy shit. I think that's our problem. When I first started watching this movie, I was like, "Oh, okay, this is the fucking this is gonna be my shit." And then, uh, yeah, as soon as she picks Ray up, and uh, that that first scene of them like driving off with that shitty pop song playing, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> maybe not." <laughs> I was like, yeah, "Did they think they're making this movie for like middle-aged American moms or something?" What's with the the sort of the soundtrack and the way this scene's shot. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I maybe I understand yeah, Japanese audiences, and maybe, but it, this is also on Netflix. But <laughs> um, well, so I who's gonna want like a graphic sex scene followed by a graphic murder, and then like kind of like a a, a kind of yeah. run of the mill love story? Yeah, yeah I, this is definitely not uh, because it's it's not a reflection from. Me being the 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 weeb for Japanese film that I am, I can say this is not a reflection of uh, what they thought Japanese audiences would want. Yeah, I didn't think Japan, so either. I'm not a Japanophile, but there's very stark differences between this what this type of movie is trying to be, like a Ryusuke Hamagashi movie or a Koreeda movie. You know, like a really contemplative. Mm-hmm. Um almost slice of life like character study type shit which is what i think this movie's trying to achieve and then the japanese like pop cinema which is you know like like k-dramas almost where it's like melodramatic like soap opera always like a teenage girl dying when she meets her first love you know what i mean japan produces a lot of that shit too but like i really think this movie's going for like a fucking like koreata type movie and this this guy just he doesn't have what it takes. Ryuchi Hiroki. I don't know. His filmography doesn't look that great. I, I guess that's my biggest complaint of the movie. Is it, 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 again, it goes back to expectations when we talked about before. Is uh, I had a lot higher expectations reading the the summary for this movie than what I ended up getting. Mm. And and then the first um, you know, fifteen minutes promised a completely different movie than what I got. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. I just Which could wanted... be fine if the, the that second part of the movie was was really good, but it was just okay. Yeah, and it just went on for too long. And um, one part of me is like, yeah, this is like these are realistic characters. These are this is how like crazy people are. 
you know, like especially with like sure. big emotions and stuff, right? But then it's also like it is to me. It seems to be a side effect of it being translated from a manga where Nene's relationship with Ray is like so pendulous, and I feel like that's just for the purpose of like, because you know, mangas are published in chapters like, and like or uh, like. Chapters magazines. in yeah. magazines and shit. Yeah, so you basically like with TV writing, you want to get people to keep reading it because you have to have like it's the old style of uh, pro- yeah. published novels, really. Yeah, there's like emotional cliffhangers throughout this movie that like, don't need to be there, and all it does is like I don't know. It, makes it just makes this weird like um, peaky and like a roller coaster, which is no for me. It makes the relationship seem like so unhealthy that it's like not cute anymore yeah (laughs) beats up nene like three two two three times in the movie it's uncomfortable there's only one time she hits me no it's there's there's two it's it's after uh it's when she lies or makes the lies about calling the cops and then when at their family's house they get into a fight too Ah, uh, yeah, but they're like both her brother, um, Ray's brother, Masoto, I think is his name. He hits Nene. But yeah, I mean, their fight at their family's house is kind of like, you know, people fight like that sometimes. They weren't really fucking each other up. I don't think her brother should have hit her, though. Oh, we what the fuck are you doing, man? Maybe it's different in the manga because in the manga you can do quite a bit more than a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but like, there's like an element of like the class division that's not explored very well. Yeah, because I mean, I guess it makes sense. The the Nene's background makes it explains why she would be with the terrible man and why she's like she has nothing outside. You know, and once her husband's dead, well, she's got Ray, and like at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, they really love each other. But like throughout okay. the whole movie, it's like. I don't know if I loves well, Ray. Isn't that kind of... I mean, that's the question I asked myself again. That's the reason she calls the cops, right? To see if she really is loved? Yeah, I think so. Well, you also throughout the whole movie, Ray does this thing where she just... Whenever she's, like, in trouble or she just says sorry but, like, doesn't mean it. Yeah, it's um, my go-to, too. Works yeah. at work every time. <laughs> and, like, it's something that maybe should have paid off more at some point maybe like someone should have called it out for it because <laughs> they were just kind of dancing around it throughout the whole movie like no, they're, they're endorsing it <laughs> they, the movie endorsed that i don't know what you're talking about um the actresses are great though uh kiko mizuhara, mizuhara is ray she's amazing um onami sato is nane she's really good and uh, the other characters, I mean, everyone else yeah, is pretty and good. Then, too, and then everyone so. else, because they're, they're around. You know those guys. You know. Uh, I guess uh, I know Kiko Muzahara. I didn't recognize her because she's kind of older now. There's like, a Japanese movie that I was into all the way back in high school. Well, no, not high school because it came out after that. I don't know, like my early 20s or something mm-hmm. called Norwegian Wood that she's in. Well, yeah, I remember that. She's also in Helter Skelter, which is a cool movie, the Japanese movie. Yeah, like, Just a lot of Beatles-based uh, titles, huh? Norwegian yeah, Wood, Helter Skelter. Baby, you can drive my car. They might be... So Norwegian Wood is... um. Isn't that based off the novel? Yeah, the... What's that dude's name that people make for... Uh, Haruki Murakami? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's the Never Let Me Go guy, right? And uh, Butler... Mm-hmm. The guy that like, oh, he's too horny or whatever, and that's why he's a bad author because he's probably an evil man or whatever. Shut the fuck up, cares. And then, um, she's also apparently uh, Mikasa in the Attack on Titan live action movies. So good for her. I like her though. She was born in America, apparently. Oh, that makes her American. Uh huh. She also said that in real life she's dated some women. Ooh la la. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, one la, or two la, dates, la, but la. never anything serious. Oh, she's in the Blue Hearts. This is a movie I've been meaning to watch, but I haven't got around to it. It's about a bunch of people with blue hearts. 
It's an anthology of several short films by several directors where each has taken inspiration from a favorite song of his by the Japanese punk band, The Blue Hearts, who are a punk band that I love quite a bit. That's right. I'm that kind of weeb. The cool kind. I like Japanese <laughs> movies. And There's Japanese no such punk thing rock. as a cool kind. Yeah, because I like Japanese like counterculture shit. That makes me cool everywhere. I like counterculture of every culture, and that means I'm the coolest. Some might say I'm pretentious, but no. I genuinely like the Blue Hearts. It's not to be pretentious. No one even knows what the fuck that is. Does it make me cool? I can't talk to about talk to people at parties about that shit. It's just some shit I like. <laughs> you just have you say gather gather around. And you first you punch <clears throat> your muscles like like your Hulk Hogan. Mm. And you say gather around and then you start talking about blue hearts and stuff. I've been with I two do, parties. Do, I get, in, off, I get in all of Hogan's shit. I do like Yeah, you do the thing. ear thing. And you pump it, and then you're like, ooh, yeah. And a little film called Linda, 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 that's kind of also in Blue Hearts. And if and a has, man whips out an acoustic guitar, you hit him over the head with it. It has one of my favorite dames in it. Bay Duna. Dames. That's a cool name, huh? Bay Duna. I bet some Korean people pronounce it Pay, though. Because I mentioned before, B's and P's sometimes. Sometimes they pronounce that same character with a B or a P. Yeah, Bay do not, Pay do not. She's cool. Um, Ray's really cool. Uh, I like her because she's crazy, right? <laughs> I like her. I like a crazy broad. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, at this point, the really I don't have much more to say about the movie than we already have. It's it's a little too long. It doesn't live up to the promise at the beginning, and the the turn the movie it, it, it turns into isn't isn't as good as it it could be. You know? Yeah, it's like I could have made a better better version of this movie, and you just gotta lean into the exploitation a little bit more, or or don't have little, exploitation in it. You know? <laughs> be or a be like a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more like artistic. Yeah, because that's yeah. The the sex scenes and the murder, especially the beginning, were a little bit too exploitative, and not is enough art if you wanted to turn the movie to be what it is. You know, it's, it just didn't it just didn't work as well as it should have. Again, the expectation you, I have for the you, movie isn't quite as what I expected. I mean, exploitative in um, the filmmaking sense, where like it's no, just I mean, more like and more nudity and stuff. Rather than, uh, like, oh, I mean, like, uh, black mass magazines from the 40s, you know, oh, like pulp shit, yeah. Uh, but then, but there's nothing really in the vein of exploitation about the sex scenes, though. They're just like, you know, whatever, they're sex scenes, I guess. They're just like not. Well, the very first sex scene when she kills her husband shouldn't really be sexy anyways right and then also the car sex sexy scene. the car sex scene isn't sexy but yeah so they shouldn't be and they're not it's kind of like i don't know i think the know. first one is a little is sexy for it was like too sexy for what it's supposed to be like she's getting ready to kill this dude she's a lesbian um shouldn't really be that into it and it just seems i don't know the tone is off for me in the first sex scene mm-hmm. the car work kind of sex scene kind of works the well, the car scene is like so sad. Yeah, it made me feel so bad. Um, and then, but my my only problem with I mean I think so the car scene is supposed to you know be sad. shitty right? So yeah. it's effective in that purpose. Yeah, I can see the f- first scene is like I don't. Yeah, it's I guess it is kind of odd that she had sex with him at all. She's already like got him. Yeah, once you're in the house, you got him, man. Yeah. But, but I guess my big the, the final sex scene where like they have sex with each other right finally I don't know it's just like not very good right it's a little again everything is just a little too long a little too long cut it down yeah. change some of the angles well I like I guess I like the way it's shot because it, it's like another one of those intimate shots where it's like hey we're just you know hanging out with them the shot doesn't change right it's framed the same way but I don't know. It's just I. I guess my problem with it is at that point I just like was so skeptical about the relationship. It's like, oh, is this gonna work? I was like, I don't know. Like, here's the thing: is it could it can be an ambiguous relationship, right? Where I mean, I think we're kind of supposed. That's uh, what we're supposed to think. I think 
Yeah, but then they, but then it, it's like, and then she's like, I'm gonna wait for you at the end. You love each other, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, it's like, eh. I don't know about that. I guess part of it could be the major cultural stigma in Japan for same-sex relationships. I don't mean how the film's made, but the story itself, like, would explain like Nani's reluctance throughout her life to, um like really give in to that right yeah because it seems like she's selling her body to all these uh shitty men why not just take take uh ray ray's rich you know mm-hmm. i am I'm, I'm saying right now problem solved but then you will have a story <laughs> and uh, yeah i think also the cultural and societal pressure in japan is pretty extreme about that stuff but a lot of it just comes from your own family, right? I mean, obviously they don't have civil rights, or then you know, you know, they can't get uh, LGBT people can't get married and shit in Japan yet, and you know, stuff like that. But I mean, a lot of the pressure that prevents uh, LGBT people in Japan from pursuing how they want to live is just from familial pressure, right? That's just like and, the, it was in the U.S. too, right? And but Nane doesn't have any family, so you know, fuck it, right? Yeah, and Ray's family already kind of tacitly accepts that she's gay, so let's just deal with it. Yeah, and then also like the scene when they're um in high school, and like Ray's like, "I'll just buy you." That's kind of like crazy, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I get like they're kids, right? And then you know, I don't know, like that's level of like yearning and infatuation like can make you crazy and stuff. Like that's an aspect of the movie I like is like how Ray is like fucking crazy in love with because I don't know, that shit happens, right? But the problem is like the payoff at the end is like I don't believe it. <laughs> you know, I was expecting like Mane to just like kill her at that point right after they have sex <laughs> and call the police and be like yeah she kidnapped me right yeah, that would be you know great I mean? that was a good ending yeah uh, like, that, was, this, was, is, this would be after a couple yeah. you know after they killed her father after they killed the taxi man maybe they killed the brother too huh been missing in their story like cause me I don't know it would have it would have made more sense it's like if I guess it's implied, but um, maybe they had like a romantic relationship when they were younger, and obviously then they put a stop to it to get married, right? There is a scene about that. They the receipt and the eleven hundred yen at the restaurant comes back to the movie, right? And like that's the point where they're like, all right, well we're never gonna see each other again, or whatever. But what I got from that though is like they. You know, Nene was obviously always aware that Ray was in love with her, but it was never reciprocated. But I guess if the they did have some sort of romantic relationship at that point, and they broke it off to just be normal, right? To have a normal life with some salary man, bitch-ass husband, and have some kids and shit or whatever. I guess that makes sense. But then why would she be... I mean, it would make sense, but like the movie doesn't show it, and the movie shows this so much that that can't be the situation. Like, they showed her us, you know, offering to buy her, uh, Mm. basically as a sex slave for three years, essentially. I mean, really, it was more like, hey, if you can't pay me back in three years, you gotta fuck me. But you know, same thing, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, That might just be some kid shit, you know. I mean, she was. I mean, she was a prostitute, so it's not really that much different than what she was doing. And I guess you, you can argue how offensive it is. I don't, she, I don't think Nene was ever a prostitute. Why do you think that? I thought wasn't that just like kind of the implication that like she considered what herself she... being a turning in you know beginning married to a salary man being a prostitute. Well, at that scene where she uh, Ray says that to her is uh, Nene is mentioning how she can't afford to stay in school, so she's gonna end up being a prostitute. Right. She's staying. Right. So I don't think. I don't think Nene has ever been a sex worker. It's just like a future she kind of saw for herself as a poor woman with shitty family, which, um, you know, happens sometimes. She's just being realistic, logical. <laughs> Luckily, her rich friend uh, bought her. If you think about it, she's just kind of like. Ray's just kind of like a patron, right? <laughs> like the uh, yeah. Renaissance artist. Yeah, like, like, uh, you know, like Shakespeare had. Yeah, and then. And the native performance art. The <laughs> performance art of being friends. <laughs> Some would say the greatest performance of a lifetime. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it was, I'm, it's disappointing because it's got like all the elements for a movie that I would probably like. It's just not done very well. That's true of a lot of these Netflix movies. Let's turn to the Rotten Tomatoes. No, I, this is, I think this is true of only this movie. Most of the movies we've watched so far have just been... Well, yeah, I know. Uh, nobody sleeps in the woods tonight. That has some promise, you know. Oh uh, yeah, that is, I guess that was the same thing. Um, yeah, where like I should like this more, but it's just not very good. Uh, well, obviously not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Pulper Hearts was garbage. Death Note. I feel like they could have done something different with Death Note. You know, that had some promise. Uh, what else we got here? We were, we're uh, fucking ridiculous. Six we're was just turd. <laughs> Gotta see if I can find the blue hearts. Download that shit. Uh, but uh, you know, Rotten Tomatoes. Um, critics review is only sixty reviews. Sixty nine, nice percent. Nice. Uh, audience score is sixty two percent. I picked this review. It's the only one that's long and over over three stars. It's four stars. Uh, in the trailer, I've already foreseen the ending. Good for you, buddy. I mean, compared to the other movie like this, I don't know what he's talking about. It's likely Hello. to end up like a tragic love story. In the movie, it makes me anticipate every next scene. I felt nostalgic when they flashed their memories in high school. They brought those to a meaningful past, which makes sense after some scenes. Okay. However, the ending is a little bit confusing. From Nene being able to admit her feelings to Ray being able to run away. But in the end, it was all just an ambiguous dream for Ray, And so she felt the need to surrender. What? Maybe she didn't, oh, well, wait, I think that I get it. Maybe she didn't want Nene to suffer from hiding at all, since Nene in the first place was a misery. Or maybe she felt guilty all along and just wanted an intimate moment with Nene. Or maybe Ray wanted, man, this guy's, there's a lot of comments here, dude. Or maybe Ray wanted to start over and trusted Nene to keep on living. About Nene, she was a faint character, but in the end, she showed some strong re- resolve to Ray. Which I think I really admire. There's the ellipses here. All I can tell about this movie is that it is a mixed and a hint of portrayable emotions. The feelings about this weren't raw and it was all <laughs> sincere, except for Ray and Ray's brother hitting her. All right. I'm not sure what he's there trying to say here. I don't it's know. kind of a mess. I don't know <laughs> what they mean. It's a bit. A bit uh. I don't know, man. The fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, one of these sentences has ten uh, commas in it. Letterbox uh, petition for men to be banned from writing or directing women loving women movies. No, I can kind of see that. Again, I can see that perspective. Yeah, I just like my I thing is I'm I'm Your tired of being real wimpy about movies. So my stance now is anyone can make anything as long as it didn't revolve involve like real world like crimes, you know? Yeah, I get it. Uh, there are lines that turned out to be lesbophobic. The actresses are great. Watching the film is indeed a ride with few good with a few good things and too much bad things happening. And it just dives. Uh rewatched and gave it one two, four, four stars. Here's why. We'll go to that in a second. But this person made um a pretty good point. They said uh, two separate sex scenes of a lesbian having sex with men for no reason, and then when the lesbian finally gets to sleep with another woman, the first thing she says is, "Isn't it so sad that I don't have a dick?" And it's like, you know what? That is pretty fucking weird, huh? Told you. <laughs> pretty fucking weird. And then here's a really good one that said that the pussy was so good she thought she was gonna die. <laughs> Interpreted, she'd never had an orgasm before, right? I was thinking. Yeah, I guess so. And also, probably like not never had an orgasm from love, mm, which is such different an intense than, one. Yeah, sometimes you got big, big orgasms when it's love. Not me. It's just only when I haven't done it in like three or four days. Mm, yeah, if you do semen retention, you'd be <laughs> huge. <laughs> I, huge think this, I think you're supposed to go more than three days, right? <laughs> I first watched this almost a year ago and I hated it, but all this time I've been reading both positive and negative reviews about it. Since I agree with the negatives, I focused on the positives and wondered why I missed all those things. That's why I've been meaning to watch it again. Now that I have, I can say that I love it. Can't help but think of Portrait of a Lady on Fire and the Children's Hour for loving this on a rewatch. They have different stories, but my point that is that I didn't like both of the said films on my first watch. 
these three films have similarities though. They're all gay and talk about sapphics force forcing into thinking and living in a heteronormative way. Two of them even showed internal homophobia. Loving someone is both a fantastic and painful experience. That's true. I guess that's the one aspect of the movie that I do like quite a bit. Like I mentioned, I like how fucking crazy Ray is about Nene. You know what I mean? Because it's like, that's like uh, definitely like my flavor of love, ladies, <laughs> if you're listening. Like, uh, you want crazy love. <laughs> love it crazy. <laughs> Look, like if you ask me to kill you, I'll do it. <laughs> whoa, whoa, boy. Calm down. Um, It's fantastic when someone you love loves you back. It's painful if they don't. It's fantastic. It's painful even to love someone. You gotta. That, that's like my thing. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's like, oh, when they love you back. Love. It's fantastic if your love is accepted by many. It's Fire painful me. if it's not. Um, Ray, Ray and Nene are both deprived of different kinds of love and are viewed as how society sees women. Ray loves Nene so much that her simple smile makes her world crumble. She would do anything for her to the extent of murdering someone. I, you know, I like. I'd kill someone for you, no problem. You know what I mean? I guess that I've talked about it before on the podcast. Like, oh I yeah, might I mean, be, like my morals might be a little too loose when it comes to murdering and stuff. But like, what's yeah, that's the thing? When watching this movie, it's like when her brother's like, "No, how could you? Why did you do such a thing?" I, <laughs> if I if that was my sister, I'd be like, she probably had reasons, you know? <laughs> yeah, like I don't need to explain to me. I'll kill for my wife and kids. Yeah, I'll kill for you. What's the reason? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know that scene in the town where Ben Affleck comes over to Hawkeye and he's like, I need you to do something for me and you can't ask any questions and we're going to hurt somebody. And he's just like, okay. You know, it's just that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, Nene loves Ray as well, but not the same as Ray loves her. They both get confused at times, but their love for each other is so strong that they still end up wanting to be together. This film shows you how two women become each other's riders die because of love, be it in a friendly way, a romantic way, or in a familial way. Uh, it made me wonder why I didn't like it before. I think it's because when my past self watched this, I was looking forward to seeing the things I wanted to see. Did you know what? This fucking... This is a pretty good review. Great. Now he's going to make us look stupid because we talked about expectations. Or at least I do. I should have been more open-minded and welcome. I don't think he's going to change my mind. I just nah, I mean, like how introspective or how introspective they are, we will say. Because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm listening to his review, I'm thinking of the movie, and I'm like, I don't know if I quite agree with it. I should have been more open-minded and welcomed the things this film tackles. I guess I, what I like about it is more um, this, what they just said, like, be reminded about what what is in art. I think is very commendable, you know? Even though they're so hard to accept and swallow, the hardest scene to watch, watch was when Ray, after killing Nene's husband, was so happy to we were hitting Nene again, and then a few moments later, Ray hit Nene herself. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that was... <laughs> that part was pretty um, bad for me. Yeah, my past self hated the lesbian sex scenes with men. Upon rewatch, I still hated it, but now I understand that Ray never wanted to do it. She had to. It's hard to grasp the idea of lesbians having sex with whoa, men whoa, because whoa, lesbians whoa, are attracted to men. Okay, she might have been had to have sex with the taxi dude. I will argue to the no, death about this beginning. The like, I guess because she couldn't access her money, right? Yeah, I, she just needed money. Was my understanding, right? Yeah. I guess they could have figured out another way to do it, but again, I understand. I, the, Story wise and desperation wise, that needed to happen, right? That mm-hmm. the sex scene with the husband did not need to happen for the story. It did not. There's no reason for it. Yeah. Just, just uh, the, yeah. like him, her seducing him, bringing, mm-hmm. getting him to come home, and then killing him in the bedroom without having the sex scene would have worked for the movie just fine. I think the film slash the manga showing lesbians have sex with men isn't intended to harm lesbians in a way that goes against the very definition of it. I think their point is when someone loves someone so bad, they're willing to do horrible things even if it goes against their nature. Sure. I also learned over time the difference between using nudity of women to sexualize them and using the nudity of women to express themselves when they're in their lowest vulnerability. Hard to do in the beginning of the movie because we don't really know that Ray's a lesbian yet. I mean, unless you read the synopsis. Uh, nudity does not mean sexualization. Women can express themselves using their body without having to sexualize it. Uh, that, whatever, man. That's, that's <laughs> not, yeah. not who cares, but like that's like off base. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's like where yeah, we women, <laughs> women can appear nude without it being sexual for sure. But uh, the nudity in this film is pretty sexualized. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. 
Uh, back then, when I watched any Safi films and they're happy, I love it. But if they're not, I, I might automatically dislike it. It was so not open and learning different queer experiences. For almost a year before watching this, I consumed more sapphic films with desire to actually understand the complexity of characters. I admit that I preferred watching Western sapphic films because there are so many of them and they are so easy to find. Glad that was my past self now. I'm happy to say that I developed a sense of understanding and appreciation of different sapphic characters and experiences. I hate this fucking philosophical past self nonsense. Um, I don't. I think this is a pretty good review. Happening is the same time. I like this person being um, introspective about their uh, relationship to the film, being more open about what's in the film. I think a lot of people should do that. Doesn't change my opinion of the film though. Uh, Six and a half stars could have been better. (laughs) I'm I'm thinking of five and a half. It had a bunch of shit in it that I should have loved, but it just wasn't executed very well. Yeah, and you know what that line that this person pointed out, like, uh, isn't it so great that men have a penis so they can fill you up? It's like, that is, like, some weird shit to say, huh? No, nah, man, because, like, they, women just wish they have mighty powerful dicks like men. That's what the secret of lesbians do. They just love, wish they had peepees. I guess, as that person pointed out, though, there, some people do have internalized homophobia, right? Yeah, you know, but is that really what you in. got out of them? I don't know. Well, the character of Ray and most of the um, lesbian characters in the films, or like her other partner, right? Um, Mika, was it? I think she's only shown for like ten seconds. Yeah, but they—it's very clearly expressed in the film. It fucking sucks to be a lesbian in Japan, right? Yeah. So it wouldn't be shocking for them to have internalized some quite a lot of negative feelings about themselves, right? I guess. I guess it's, it's like it's such a like crazy. isn't this I don't know like it, again I guess it goes back to what kind of movie you're trying to trying to make he was trying his best like I said he fucking come from like the softcore shit he's trying to get there he doesn't quite have it yet good luck in the future uh Ryuichi Hiroki I'm probably not gonna watch any of your other films <laughs> But I will be watching Kiko. Um, uh, yeah, you know, someday he could be the next Verhoeven. You can make a sexy nun movie. Yeah. <laughs> gotta have sex. Gotta have my. Gotta have them ribs. Pussy, pussy too. too. Pussy too. Hell yeah, ribs and pussy. Um. Oh, that sounds good. It was all right. The pussy, I can't really eat it was ribs right. at the same time. I don't think it was okay. Get that pussy gimmick. It was okay. I'm just a big fan of uh, Kiko. I'm just fucking. I'm just about Kiko. I'm about that Kiko life. Can't find so far. I've been able to find the blue hearts for on uh, porn sites and shit. Though that's kind of what sucks about mid two thousands Japanese movies. Gotta always go hunting for this shit. It's so hard to find Gozu. The fucking uh, Takashi like Miike bombs uh, world like or some Yakuza shit. Horror movie. I found it, but it's in it's like a DVD. So it's like, 460p or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like a streaming site. Drum uh, stamp quality. Someone restore all of the mid 2000s Takashi Miki movies. God damn it. Well, you, need, you need to go to MIRC, huh? That? Maybe. Does that shit still exist? There are probably still people. Yeah, that's for IRC, sure. Still yeah. MIRC still exists, right? It's got it. There's, there's weirdos out there too. And they're like, you can't trust the torrents. Yeah, f- fuck, man. I'm yeah six six out of ten for ride or die. Yeah, <laughs> you just lowered your rating. <laughs> At least point five shit. Yeah, I just like why'd you say that shit about penises? <laughs> about penises. About penises. All right. Penises. Well, I guess also I, like fingering, in my experience as a, a yeah, long time. The, I, I found that um, ladies uh, like a finger. Well, I, I was gonna say as a long time oral sex provider. Um, the fingers are more of like an accessory to the real action. You know what I mean? That's another thing about the final sex scene. Is it seems a little finger heavy. You know, <laughs> not enough uh, mouth action. Yeah. Just, well, whatever. Movies, huh? I guess that's what you get when fucking some dude directs it. <laughs> come on, come on, the penetration, huh? Coming, coming back to my line of thinking, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I just I don't have a moral problem with it. I, just, I wasn't, I'll, I wasn't I'll, arguing morally. I'm just like again, what, <laughs> who were you making this movie for? What is the point? Because you need to fucking pick a lane, man. If you would have made it slightly better, he would have been making it for me. 
If you would have made it slightly worse, you would have made it from me. Yeah, <laughs> actually. Someone, someone should have ripped out a gun at some point and shot somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if there had been more violence and, like, more, you know, extreme stuff. Great. I think the movie should have ended with a Mexican standoff between Ray, Nene, and the sister-in-law. If it would have gone the other way and been, like, a little bit more serious and contemplative, that also would have been better. But, oh, well, that's that's Netflix for you, huh? Pussy 2. And pussy too. I'm guessing that like Netflix didn't produce this shit or anything that I'm sure is like independently produced. Netflix just picked it up, would be my guess. Let's check the trivia real quick before you reveal what um movie you're watching. You're gonna this love week. it. Oh, also, uh just a little bit of information for you in case you're wondering. Uh Kiko Mizuhara is five, six and a half. So we call that, is that that's tall? Tiny? That's tiny. That's medium sized. That's medium sized. Uh, above average height for a Japanese woman. That's like kind of medium, um, medium big. Average yeah, size. Where's the trivia at? <laughs> IMDb, where's my trivia at? There's not a lot of information on this movie on IMDb because it's Japanese, I'm assuming. Yeah, so. well, there's only like 10 Rotten Tomatoes reviews from uh, uh, non critics. Uh, yeah, so. there's no here. Oh, important though. Um, there is one amazing thing about this movie that I love when it happens. In- you know what that is? Nope. Late title card. That shit rules. It was like half an hour into the shit before the title card came up. <laughs> I want to see a movie where the title card comes up and like 10 minutes later the movie's over. Uh, Mandy's title card comes up like, wow, like 45 like the- minutes yeah, into like an hour and a half movie. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a dope ass title card. It's like that fucking uh, death metal font or black metal font, you know, where you can't really read it. <laughs> All right, uh, there's no trivia for this because it's a secret Japanese production. No one knows what goes on there. Uh, Shion Sono does sex crimes. There's, there's gonna, a lot of them, apparently. There's going to be a lot of uh, trivia for our next one because it's it's the most watched movie of all time. What? Red Notice. It's The oh, Rock, that's the, Ryan Reynolds, the, Gal Gadot. <laughs> that's the most watched Netflix movie, right? Yeah, I think and so. And therefore, the most watched movie all I time. believe that's correct. I don't, I mean, like, I think that's what they said. If not, I made it up, but, you know, close enough. You know, what it, is this shit even about? Fucking fine. It's like a spy movie? Yeah, an Interpol agent successfully tracks down the world's most wanted art thief with help from a rival thief. But nothing is as it seems as a series of double crosses ensues. Ooh, I love a good double cross. Um, Glass Onion just premiered, and I thought it might be on Netflix already, so I was going to try to watch that, but I guess it's not out till December, and so I picked this instead. Yeah, it's not until Christmas. Not but you Christmas. have a forward, uh, you guys have a Christmas um, episode to look forward to, it sounds like. I don't know if I care about another Knives Out movie. <laughs> no, everyone wants to see it. Right? It's the greatest yeah. thing that Netflix played a lot of money for these, so you're going to watch it. Uh, I saw the trailer for Steven Spielberg's movie that just premiered at uh, TIFF called The Fablemans, which is kind of like a movie about his own life. Um, Spielberg's back, baby. It looks pretty fucking cool. Is it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like Spiel- every once in a while, Spielberg just is lying and wait. Well, it's, it looks like one of his uh, emotionally resonant films, and it's about like art and making movies and stuff, so it's like appealing to me. Like, oh, the fuck... Oh, the dream films are dreams you don't forget. Oh my God! Oh, you're right. You're right. He's a master. <laughs> yeah, there's a it seems to be quite a few cool things premiering at Toronto International Film Festival. Hopefully, this podcast takes off and uh, they'll start sending us to film festivals. Netflix yeah, will for sure. <laughs> for sure, they're gonna want us to go there to review yeah. uh, mm-hmm. their movies because we've. Who's given such glowing reviews of them so far? Has that single one scored over seven? Oh, Akja. Uh, oh, yeah, Akja. Well, you know. Akja got a seven, I think. Yeah. I think it got a seven. Uh, it, was a, it was a film made by one of the ma- one of the great masters. The <laughs> one master. of the Steven Spielbergs, if you will. Mm-hmm. True that. Yeah, you know, Bong Joon-ho is kind of like a, a real Steven Korean Spielberg. Spielberg. He makes, like, commercially viable films that are... Um, could be seen as like sort of esoteric, but the mainstream loves him. Mainstream Korea, I guess. I think I don't know if he's obviously Parasite, but 
Uh, well, the other one too. Um, Snowpiercer was kind of popular yeah. on the internet. Was. I feel like that one might even be a little more popular than Parasite, even though Parasite won <laughs> Best Picture. I Snowpiercer is just like not. I don't like Snowpiercer. <laughs> it's all right, but it's probably his weakest film. Uh, and it's got fucking Captain America in it. Everyone's Captain America. He's Captain, Captain America. America. I don't really he's like Chris Evans. <laughs> gonna rub his dick all over you. Hey, he's kind of bland. He's Chris Evans. He's got a dog yeah. that's got a human name. He's good for Captain America though, because Captain America was boring too. Oh, you don't poor Cap. He's not boring. Yeah, he is. No, you're mean. Don't be mean to Cap. He's boring as shit. <laughs> Most of the Avengers are boring. They're fucking only X Men is the only cool comic book. In oh, Marvel. ouch. About what about Daredevil? You used to read Daredevil all the time. Yeah, but now, when I think about it now as the adult weirdo I've grown into, X Men is the only one that's like weird enough to be interesting. To <laughs> what about Deadpool? Because technically, like, X Men, I guess, right? crazy people now. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I get it, whatever. It's just like. Uh, that's fun. No, it's like. Mm, real try hard. I mean, yeah, probably because it's comic books. I haven't read any of that shit, so I it's have. probably corny as fuck. But uh, the concept of um, the X Men just creating their own, like. Sex death cult is playing by their own rules. That's uh, interesting to me. Yeah, if it was like a sex death cult, that'd be more. That's exactly what it is. Oh, fucking! It sounds pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, they dress it up, but that's you. You, you pull, peel the layers back. That's what they're doing. Cool. Well, I, I don't mind. That sounds good. <laughs> Hopefully, that's what Disney's Marvels the X Men is about. Yep, I think so. Yeah, I'm sure they can incorporate that kind of stuff into Disney's Marvels the X Men. <laughs> Apparently not coming out for a long time. Yeah, I read some saying. shit that like they had some weird contracts with Fox where all, all the old actors they can't I recast bet, them until like twenty twenty five. That can't like be some, true, right? Well, it's it might be true, but even if it was, like the, that wouldn't stop Disney at all. You know what I mean? They would just pay out those contracts if they really wanted to. I think it's just some like shit and nerd said, and everyone, all the other nerds ran with it. I think the reality of it is um. Uh, X Men is like their emergency parachute. Oh, if you mean when Marvel Wars starts to go down here, they pull their X Men parachute. Yep. Yeah, that actually makes more sense. They're trying to see how this phase shakes out, and if they're still popular, Mm -hmm. then like, all right, we'll ride it out a little bit longer, and if not, then we pull the X Men parachute. Yep, that's exactly what's gonna happen. (laughs) And Kevin Feige's desk, there's a just a button that says if if in trouble, X Men, and he presses it. (laughs) Put (laughs) Wolverine in it. And, uh, and then the voice from the uh, Wolverine's Pride of the X Men comes out and says, "Ah, Bob, yeah, I'm here for you." Because remember, he's Australian. Australian. I think that the next Wolverine should be Australian. There's not enough Australian representation. <laughs> Just make up your own Australian ma- mutant. I mean, there are some Australian mutants, right? I'm trying to forget. Oh yeah, Pyro. He doesn't count. Mm. Why not? He's cool. He controls fire. Can't make fire, but he controls, he controls it. it. <laughs> All right, that's enough nerd talking and movie talking and X Men talking. This has been content tour. I'm Packers Kyle. That's regular Sean. No, I'm not regular Sean. I'm like a, I'm like a killer whale Sean. Uh, Go to vhsskvlt.com. That is where all other podcasts and shit are at, and some links for other stuff. I don't know. Uh, Tell your friends and family. Get on Discord. Start talking about it. Posting it in other people's Twitch chats. Just be like hella annoying with it. Clip it up. Put it on TikTok. Tell me part of the street. Make some clips. Yeah, just talk to people on the street. Um, Print your own stickers. Put them up on telephone poles and shit. Like promoting punk bands. Um, Just print your own zines about the podcast. All sorts (laughs) of shit. Do it all, you know? You do the work, huh? Huh? This is on you. This This is homework. And uh, donate to the Patreon too. While you you know, you got a little, little extra scratch. Donate to Patreon because uh, I can't fucking stand it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fucking I just fucking hate. I hate everything. Uh, next week, though, it's a real chipper episode. We're watching the. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a beat notice. As well. It's, it's this our first stuff. ten, I'm sure, because it's got the rock. We gotta start. We gotta get ready for Halloween. Finally, I think. Uh, we start watching horror movies in October, right? Yeah, I think. You know, everything's pretty bad for me and our family and stuff, right? You know, things have been going great. I'm kind of like just tired of everything. The world, I, you know, 
I'm barely hanging on. But you know what? I think Halloween is going to save me. Oh, that's it saves everyone. Mm, I think if it can just cool down, get a little bit spooky, I think I'll be okay. Yo, what's up? This is Tigers Kyle. Uh, just interjecting here at the end. Uh, first, apologize for the audio in this episode. I don't know what the problem was. We'll try to do a better job next time. Who knows? Uh, Blonde is coming out on Friday, or is releasing on Netflix on Friday. So I'm guessing it's going to cause a lot of discourse on the internet. A lot of people are going to want to talk about it, how it's exploitation, all that sort of shit, I'm sure. So we're going to try to ride that wave. And instead of watching Red Notice this week, we're going to watch Blonde. So you never want to watch Blonde. We'll get to Red Notice eventually. It's only the uh, most watched film of all time. Goodbye. <laughs>